Capital Market Insights from ICMA. Greetings and a warm welcome to the ICMA FinTech Podcast, a series where we explore the transformative technological innovations in the international capital markets. I'm Oliver Tinkler, Head of Communications and Press for ICMA. As an international trade association, ICMA is involved with the intricate landscapes of primary, secondary, repo and collateral markets, and we understand the pivotal role of market electronification. Throughout this series, we will bring you conversations with ICMA's fintech vendor members, the driving forces behind the innovation shaping our capital markets. Today, we are delighted to be joined by Roger Palanapan, co-founder and CEO of Origin Markets. Roger, many thanks indeed for joining us today. Many listeners will remember you from the ICMA FinTech and Digitalization Forum last year. But for others, can you tell us a little about yourself and your company? Thanks, Oliver. It's nice to uh, nice to be here today. Um, sure. So, um, as I said, my name is Raja. I'm the uh, CEO and one of the co-founders of Origin. Um, my background prior to starting Origin was from the fixed income markets, but uh, interestingly, it was from the secondary market side rather than the primary side. So I was a cash bond and single name CDS trader uh, for a handful of different investment banks between 2007 and 2015, um, most notably including Lehman Brothers, which is a great place to start one's career. Um, but yeah, after uh, after doing that for a while, you know, it was in that period where I met my co-founder who was also a trader. Um, but both of us, despite being traders, also have engineering and technical backgrounds from our university education and also I think our um, our personal interests and motivations and I think it was that that combination of being engineers my co-founder Robert was actually a computer scientist um, and you know always wanting to try and improve or change the 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 status quo that led us to uh, to starting uh, origin um, so we started origin in 2015 and what origin is today is a software as a service platform that is focused on automating and digitizing every stage of the primary issuance process that we can for issuing new fixed income securities. Um, and you might ask, well, why are two secondary traders getting involved in primary? I think it was because we had seen the electronification of the secondary markets in the first half of the previous decade, so 2010 to 2015. Um, and you know that that trend has only continued, and and obviously you know ICMA has been involved in a lot of the um, more recent initiatives in uh, secondary market uh, digitization, um, and it struck us as odd that wave of digitization that was you know really transforming how the secondary markets operated hadn't hit primary, and it was our thesis that it hadn't hit primary yet, but that it would. Um, so that led us to start Origin uh, in 2015. Uh, it's now January 2024, so we are closing in on our um, completing eight, nearly nine years at uh, you know uh, pursuing this. Um, and you know, as I said, we are a platform that you know we do a number of different things, which which you know we can go into. Uh, but fundamentally, our aim is to be a software provider. We're a software as a service platform, so we are not replacing the role of any traditional actor within the primary issuance process. Uh, so we're not replacing the role of the dealer, uh, nor the issuing and paying agent or the CSD. We are just a software tool that all of these 
um, market participants and actors use to automate the process around issuing bonds. And is that the, the core innovation and unique feature that sets your product apart, do you think? Yeah, I think, um, you know, if you think about the the term core innovation, you know, you might be thinking about, okay, well, what is the, what is the silver bullet tech that, that we're using to, you know, set ourselves apart? Um, and the truth is that, you know, while we do use elements of kind of the cutting edge technology that's available out there, um, we're not we're not out there trying to ride on the coattails of some magic bullet. Rather, what we are doing is taking a look at the entire issuance process from start to finish, breaking down all of the steps involved, and we're trying to figure out if any or all of those stages can be automated using digital workflows and digital technologies. Um, and then can we piece those together um, and by going step by step by step, and when you break it down like that, you realize that the issuance process has many, many, many stages from, you know, pricing and origination all the way through to settlement. Um, and most of those steps are linked by data being transferred from step A to step B, you know. Um, and what we are trying to do is we're trying to say, well, if you can take a manual workflow where that data is transferred you know from one human to another human over an email or something like that and you can migrate that to a digital workspace then you don't have to have humans involved in every single step you can actually have the digital platform um process that data transfer and you can do things much more quickly much more efficiently um with much less risk um and i think that is that is fundamentally what what we're trying to do and you mentioned actually when you, that you'd seen this electronification and development within the secondary markets, you know, when, when it came to kind of your inspiration for the development of, of origin and, and, and the solution was, was that the, the tipping point for you? Was that when you decided, you know, what, why hasn't this been applied to primary markets? What can we do to push this along? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think when we think about technology and digitization, um, we're, fully aware and we really believe that it applies most effectively to processes that happen regularly and with a high frequency. And the reason I say that is if we look across all of the capital markets and all of the various asset classes and their journey around digitization. So if you think about foreign exchange or derivatives or equities or, or, or now we're talking about fixed income, it's really important to have as an underlying kind of axiom that digitization makes sense in a world where there's high volume, lots of repeated processes. Um, so the secondary markets lend themselves very well to it. What's interesting is not every primary market, not every asset class in the primary markets lends itself to digitization. Uh, the equity capital markets is a good example of an asset class that doesn't because equity capital markets or the IPO market is very cyclical. So over a 10 year business cycle, you know, there can be no IPOs for seven out of those 10 years. And then there can be a flurry of IPOs for the other three years, right? Debt capital markets, however, especially the um, 
slice of the market that we're operating in, which is, you know, investment grade, large multinational, um, high volume issuers, it's actually a very, you know, repeatable process. So when a, when a AAA or a AA or a single A borrower comes to market, either in benchmark format or private placement format, if you look at the process around bringing that security to the market, um, it looks very, very similar from one issuance to the next. And many of these issuers are coming to market more than weekly. I mean, they're coming to market multiple times a week and doing the exact same thing. Um, and that is what sort of really inspired us. We're like, well, you know, if you're bringing a brand new company to the bond market for the very first time, well, there's a very, call it bespoke, white glove type service that, um, you know, dealers, lawyers are providing to that issuer. Um, and it's very difficult to repeat that to the next brand new issuer that you're bringing to market. But if you're talking about uh, an SSA borrower or, you know, a, a large corporate, you know, high volume corporate issuer or financial borrower that's issuing 20, 50, some of our customers are issuing, you know, 150 times a year. Um, you know, as I said, two times a week, each time they come to the market, they're going through the exact same process. And for us, it just made total sense. Well, let's just automate that process for them so they can come to market even more quickly. You mentioned that it's eight or nine years since you've been in the market. Looking over the medium term, say another five years, how do you see the market evolving? What trends do you see emerging that Origin will need to adapt to? And I suppose most specifically, what role will AI take in Origin's offering? Yeah, um, so I think... If I do the first half, so if I do the looking back part first, um, you know, when we got started, and I and I, I sort of said this in in my talk at the uh, fintech digitalization conference, um, when we first got started, we were kind of unique and alone in trying to convince the industry that there was an opportunity for technology to improve the process. You know, back in 2015. That wasn't obvious to everyone. Um, and it took a couple of years before, um, you know, I think the market kind of recognized, well, actually, there is there is a lot that can be done to improve the way that we do business. Um, but that was step one. But then, you know, let's just say from 2017 until maybe last year, you know, there was a, the industry was going through a bit of almost what I would call R&D. Um, so a bit of an exploration to try and identify, well, which aspects of the issuance process are most problematic um, and needs are in most need of, of digitization. Um, and there wasn't consensus around that. Um, and obviously there are, you know, uh, companies like ours, you know, technology companies, startup companies who we have our own views and, and assumptions that we're trying to and hypotheses that we're trying to prove. Um, issuers themselves have embarked on number of different experimentations, you know, trying to understand, well, is this going to help? Is this going to help? Is that going to help? Dealers as well have been doing that. Um, and I think we are now starting to see a little bit of consensus emerge. Um, and, you know, I'm a little bit biased, but I, I'd like to think that the consensus is converging upon one of our main theses, which is that the biggest problem that the market has is the structuring of unstructured data and the amount of times within the issuance process that data, as I said before, was being passed from one stage to another. Um, and I think 
you know, we're now starting to see dealers and issuers kind of start to agree that that is the problem that needs solving and start to be a little bit more uh, assertive in investing in solutions to solve that problem. Um, and what does that mean in practice? It means broadly, you know, two things. It, it means one, document automation, so standardization of documentation. Um, so by documentation, I mean the, the documents that support uh, issuance. So that's term sheets as well as legal documents, um, final terms and, the, and those kind of things. Um, it also means um, data extraction from documents. Um, and those two, they're, they're kind of two sides of the same coin. They're trying to solve the same problem, but from opposite directions. Um, and I think that is now that we've kind of finished this R&D phase, and I say we as in the industry, not just origin, um, and we recognize that that's the biggest problem that everyone needs to solve, which is getting structured data around the issuance process, um, structuring unstructured data. Um, I think we're going to see more and more investment in that. Um, from issuers and dealers, as well as from service providers, such as paying agents and clearing systems and CSDs, et cetera. Um, and so to your, to the second half of your question, so where are we going over the next five years? Um, I don't think we're going to enter into a new phase of experimentation, actually. I think now that we've done this phase of experimentation in R&D, and there seems to be some consensus, over the next five years, I think the focus is going to be really on implementation. And people are going to say, okay, well, I'm going to start to narrow my focus on the types of technologies and types of things that I'm looking at. And I want to really start to see scalable adoption of the handful of things that I'm investing in. Um, so I want this new tech that I'm using to apply not just to one, two, or three out of the 100 issuances that I've done this year you know, in like a pilot phase or whatever. But I actually want to see this tech being adopted for the vast majority of my issuances. Um, so people are going to figure out, well, how do I move from pilot to production? Um, whether that's from an issuer's perspective or a dealer's perspective or, or uh, a service provider's perspective. Um, and yeah, you asked about AI. Um, and I think that is definitely going to play a role in, in the future. Um, not necessarily in the way that, um, you know, you might see in the news and media more generally with sort of um, chatbots and, and, and those kinds of things. But I think the, uh, the fundamental tech of the large language models, if applied to kind of the specialist data sets that we have within the fixed income world, well, they can solve that structured data problem. Um, you know, through data extraction. And, you know, this is definitely something that we are experimenting with as well. Um, we launched launched our first data extraction tool a couple of years ago, actually. We called it Origin Extract. Um, and we're constantly kind of investing, you know, t a little bit of time into this space. So, um, yeah, I think, I think, you know, to summarize, a bit of a long-winded answer, um, Data extraction and structured data are the uh, are the things that the industry are going to be really focusing on um, over the next five years. That's brilliant. Thanks for that. I, I just want to kind of draw upon a point you made earlier about you know when you started Origin, it took maybe kind of a couple of years for people to actually not necessarily kind of adopt your solution, but to 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 come kind of come around to the idea about 
potential for market digitization in in, in the primary issuance. Um, you know, could you kind of like talk a little more to to that? You know, what was the you know what what helped the transformation that helped kind of push push Origin on almost the tipping point for them to decide to kind of take up the Origin uh, offering a little more kind of wholesale. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good question. I mean, um, we started out with the sort of high level view that the primary issues process is uh, inefficient and technology can help make it more efficient. And we thought, well, the, the, the fastest or the easiest or most lowest hanging fruit way to do that was to take data that was being shared, you know, across the industry. So between dealers and issuers, for example, data that was being shared offline or in an unstructured way and put it into an online or a digital platform. Um, so our first product was actually what we call the origin marketplace. Um, and it was it wasn't focused on documentation at all. It was focused on the EMTN private placement market. And it was focused on helping issuers who are regularly sharing their funding needs and funding levels with the dealer community. Um, that information was passing from the issuer community to the dealer community, but via very unstructured communication channels. I mean, by unstructured communication channels, I mean literally email distribution lists with spreadsheets attached to it. Um, and so there's all this data sitting in these spreadsheets and being emailed bilaterally between issuer and dealer. Um, and then there was a lot of time just being kind of wasted taking that data out of these spreadsheets and putting it into like a consolidated database. And this time was being replicated across every single dealer doing the exact same job. And we thought, okay, well, this is a pretty straightforward thing. Why don't everyone just put the data onto a platform and everyone can have access to it? Um, so we started out by doing that. And I think what that did was it helped us in two ways. The first thing is it helped introduce the concept of a platform to the market community because there didn't exist that concept in primary before. Right. So in secondary platforms exist, you know, people trade on Bloomberg all queue, they trade on trade web, they trade on market access, you know, the concept of a platform for secondary trading, you know, was established in the early 2000s. So people were comfortable with that idea. But in primary, that concept didn't exist, right? So we had to get people comfortable with the fact that, oh, if I want to execute a primary transaction with a particular issuer, I can go to a, a place, a digital place and do it there rather than I just pick up the phone slash I just email this issuer bilaterally and we communicate completely bilaterally. Um, and then the second thing it did is it sort of introduced the idea that, okay, well, if there's data that is being shared between two parties, if that data is actually shared in a structured way, so there's a structured workflow and a platform that's, that's allowing that data to be transmitted, well, the data can be captured um, for use later on. So I can capture a history of all the data that I'm sharing back and forth. I can search through that history. I have an audit trail. I have all these things, which again, previously, without a platform, all of this stuff is sitting in people's inboxes, right? So if I, you know, prior to origin, if um, someone from my compliance team 
asks me, oh, can you tell me about this trade you did seven months ago? It's literally going to Outlook and going to the search bar and typing in, you know, blah, 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 like trying to look at the email thread and then going into my shared drive and look up all the document versions. So, you know, you had to get the community comfortable with the idea that we're actually going to move this workflow to a platform. Um, and our, our marketplace product actually did that in a pretty um, low risk fashion. So we were able to establish, you know, a, a quite a quite a reasonable community of dealers and issuers who were saying, okay, well, I'm going to log on to this platform. And I'm going to share my funding information with the dealer community um, through this platform. So then when we wanted to take the next step and we said, okay, well, let's go one step beyond just sharing pricing targets and let's talk about the, the workflow of issuance and specifically the production of uh, issuance documentation, term sheets and final terms and all this sort of stuff. Um, we had a, a pretty nicely sized community of existing customers with whom we could iterate this idea on. Um, and I think that was the key thing that helped launch us, so to speak. Um, because, you know, the idea of creating a document automation platform um, isn't necessarily unique. I mean, there are others out there who are doing it. There are plenty of people who've asked us, you know, I've always wondered why this hasn't been done in the past. Um, but, you know, it's really, um, you know, step one is obviously you have to build the technology and it has to be good. Step two is you actually have to get a community around it. Um, and it's that community building part that people, I think, really underestimate. Um, and I think because we'd sort of, in our first product, kind of solved the the platform concept already, that's what really allowed us to to launch the documentation product that is now, um, you know, quite quite successful. That's brilliant. Thanks. I mean, you know, referring to a, a point you made just there about the simplifying the, the the compliance process, the regulatory compliance process, that must have been a boon to uh, potential users. Elsewhere along that kind of compliance journey, you know, have you have you had to kind of balance the innovation uh, to to ensure kind of regulatory compliance, or or have you always almost kind of tried to make it a a um, not necessarily kind of a selling point, but but a a, a feature that it's actually enhancing and, and simplifying that that uh, that compliance process. Yeah, it's definitely been more of the latter. It's definitely been more of a selling point, but I think that's because we you know, are fundamentally not trying to re-architect the structure of the market. You know, we're not trying to insert ourselves as an actor within a transaction. You know, we're not a counterparty to a transaction. Um, if we were, then yeah, it, it, it would be difficult because then we would have to really um, clarify our regulatory status and, you know, what we're allowed to do and what we're not allowed to do and, and all those sorts of things. Um, no, we, we are regulated by the FCA, but we don't necessarily need to be because we, we really see our role as a software provider. You know, we are a software tool that's being used by uh, market participants. Um, and we took that choice very early on. Um, and that, that, that choice or that sort of fundamental thesis applies not just to kind of dealers and issuers, but also through to the, the settlement processes, right? You know, we're not trying to introduce, um, you know, DLT or blockchain in, you know, with the 
with the aim of trying to remove CSDs or paying agents or exchanges, we're actually connecting to all of those uh, service providers as well. So because of that, um, when we look at, you know, what our product is able to do, and I go back to that little story about, okay, well, compliance wants to know what happened with this trade seven months ago. Well, then, yeah, it's, uh, it's a great little selling point for us because if you want to look at everything that happened on the trade, you just go onto our platform and we have a full audit trail, timestamps, names, dates, every single document version. It's already right there consolidated. Um, you don't have to search through emails and shared drives uh, to find that information. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, and, and, and that um, question around not just compliance, but also operational risk is, you know, increasingly a concern for our customers um, because as they continue to trade and trade more frequently and also, you know, especially when it comes to um, some of the post-trade stages of issuance, you know, documentation and, and sort of settlement stages, you know, teams of fewer and fewer people are being asked to do more and more and more. Um, and we see that across the board. We see the documentation teams on the dealer side and on the issuer side, you know, they're being staffed with fewer and fewer people. So more and more is riding on their shoulders. Um, and, you know, they're, they're, they're definitely concerned around uh, operational risk and manual errors and all this sort of stuff. And, and I think that's where platforms such as ours can, can really add value. That's great. Thanks. So we're recording this at the start of January 2024. Looking ahead for this this coming year, what what does what does it hold for Origin Markets? What are the what are the plans? What are the uh, the aspirations? Yeah, um, you know, we had a we had quite a pivotal year last year, um, where if you looked at the number of transactions our documentation product pro, uh, processed, we kind of more than doubled. Um, you know, our transaction volume, you know, from 2023 versus 2022. Um, and we'd like to, we'd like to see, you know, similar growth rate in 2024. Um, in 2023 as well, we completed our first truly syndicated transaction. Uh, we actually did three of them by, by the end of the year. Um, and that was, you know, those were transactions where multiple dealers were on our platform collaborating to help bring one issuer to the market. Um, we also had external counsel logging in. Um, so, you know, that was that was really breaking new ground for us last year. Um, we've learned a lot from those three transactions. You know, each one's gone better, smoother, customer's been happy. Um, so we'd like to see that uh, that feature of ours, the ability to support syndicated transactions, you know, become more of a business as usual uh, thing. And, and um, yeah, I think it's it's going to be kind of more of the same, just uh, bringing more dealers and issuers on board and, and doing my, more trades. That's brilliant. Well, Roger, thanks so much for joining me today on the podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about ICMA's work across fintech and digitalization, then please look at the episode description where we've been, where we've included some links to some useful resources. But again, thanks very much indeed. And uh, join us next time. Thank you for listening. For more ICMA podcasts and further information on capital markets, please visit our website, icmagroup.org.